Hey, welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson, alongside Dr. R.B. Maynard. Going to be a verse-by-verse edition of the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Exists to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. This is where we just get in the Word. So, Dr. R.B. Maynard, welcome once again. Here we are again. The summer is just rolling along. It's August, and before you know it, school time, fall time, all that good stuff. Yeah. I'm looking forward to fall. This weather is not yeah. my, <laughs> yeah. it's not my favorite. Well, I have a son that, uh, you know, we dialogue here just for mm-hmm. digress for a minute, but I have a son, Isaiah, like last night, he's like, we went and had ice cream. He's like, I'm cold. Oh, and he's like yeah. shivering. I'm like, dude, you're going to like, I was like, do you have dreams at night of jungles, monkeys? You're going to have, mm-hmm. God's going to have to take you someplace really warm because yeah. if you're like <laughs> struggling with cold issues this time of year, uh, yeah. I don't know what yeah. to tell you right now. Yeah. I give him a hard time about that. So anyway, yeah, I, uh, I don't want to move necessarily back North, but West I, I do. I always say that's where I miss the West Utah, that lack of humidity, mm-hmm. that West, you know, get West of the Rockies. And, uh, I do enjoy that kind of weather. Oh, so I know if it wasn't, you know, they always say it's not the heat, it's the humidity, but I believe that is true. It, I mean, I can walk true. out when it's <laughs> 90 degrees and it's like, Oh, it feels nice today. But boy, this kind of weather is like you walk out doing nothing. Yeah, and there's, a, there's this, I'm, you know, minister with the Sims God. They always have their big conference every two years in Orlando, uh-huh. which they had last week, but we had our conference. And I wasn't necessarily, it's not that huge a deal for me to go necessarily, mm-hmm. but I, August in Orlando is, is not ideal for, right. for me. I'm like, never get super excited about that anyway. So, right, right. all right. Well, we are, where are we at in the Bible here, Dr. We are Arby in 2 Kings 3, 18 and uh, 19. Okay, let's do it. Okay. This is, uh, again, in the middle of a conversation, but, but they're, they're talking about this drought and they're talking about uh, they don't have water for their, you know, for their horses and all of that. So in verse 18, it says, this is an easy thing. So the easy thing is, he said, the, you dig these ditches and they're going to become full of water. But it's like, well, that sounds pretty unbelievable. But what he says, this is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also hand Moab over to you. You will overthrow every fortified city and every major town. You will cut down every good tree, stop up all the springs, and rain uh, and ruin every good field with stones. And it, it, the King James sometimes you bounce back and forth. Just I like the wording, but it says mm-hmm. uh, this is but a light thing. That's what the Lord is saying through uh, Elisha here. This is this is a small thing, and I and. You know, we look at a lot of things like that. You know, somebody on the ventilator with COVID seems so big to us, mm-hmm. so overwhelming, or some any other terminal disease or a deformity that someone has or financial, whatever the thing is, it, it does seem so big to us. And I've a lot of times in my prayer, I've just used the thing that just takes a snap of the finger, you know, for the Lord. I mean... So I love that. This is but a light thing. I mean, you're going to get the the water, but then this is where it it talks about sometimes not only do we get what we ask for, but the Lord just goes ahead and pours something else. You know, we're sometimes we forget that God really cares about us mm-hmm. and wants to do good things. So we're like, you know, sometimes our requests are like, "Well, Lord, I know I don't really deserve this, and I sure am at this is an awful big thing mm-hmm. that I'm yeah. asking. If you could, um, I mean, the phrase, if you could just do this one thing for me, <laughs> you know, then, of course, some people are like, then I'll serve you. 
you know. Yeah. But some people are like, I won't ask you for anything else if you'll just do this one one thing. And, you know, that's not the way to pray. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, I'm sure I've done it, but that's not really the way to pray. It's it's big things and, and trusting the Lord for things that are impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was possible without the Lord, we wouldn't need to pray. Exactly. I mean, that's why we pray. But, but he... He talks about you're not going to just win the battle, but it says uh, you're going to overthrow every fortified city, uh, every major town. You're going to cut down every tree. And and this is, uh, well, we'll come back to that, but stop up all the water wells, ruin the fields with rocks. So this is, you know, not only is this going to happen, but all of these other things you're going to have success in. And this is one of those areas, you know, for people who, there's people out there who like to nitpick the Bible and say, um, well, God said this, and now <laughs> they're doing this. You know, that famous phrase, the Bible contradicts itself. Well, for one thing, uh, do you think God doesn't have a right to do what God wants to do? I mean, he may have said something, but we don't realize there's an exception to that. Now, sometimes it's absolute. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the way of salvation, there's not really exceptions to that but there are things and and back we won't go read it but back in deuteronomy it talks about these cutting down the trees it says do all this stuff but don't cut down the trees in other words those could be used for something else so you can do all this other destruction but leave the trees alone so we don't even and even reading commentary on this and it doesn't really explain why this became an exception but i think sometimes the lord does things to say yes i said that but if I'm allowing it over here, then there must be an exception. We don't have to understand it. God makes the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think he doesn't have a right to, to change something or to allow an exception to, uh, to that rule? But that's his exception, not ours. We don't get to decide, well, I don't know. You know, again, as Eve said, or the serpent said, did God really say? You know, I mean, we want to change things to fit um, and and all this, it, it's like this is total devastation of a of a city. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to destroy the city. Um, and and Moab um, was a descendant from Lot. He was a son of Lot, and a, but he was the son of Lot and his oldest daughter. It was one of those incestual relationships. So Moab was kind of known for a lot of evil. Anyway, so you're looking at a city here um, that's not known to be a spiritual place anyway, and then but it, then when you look at those kind of things, it's not a very spiritual city. But then Ruth, who we know the story of Ruth, uh, was a Moabite. So it doesn't you know it doesn't always mean. I mean, we look at New York City or we look at Hollywood or you know, and we just sometimes think that every person who lives there is horrible. You mm-hmm. know, they're all a bunch of liberals and well, you know, I would venture to say there's probably an assembly of God church in Hollywood, yeah. you know, who teaches you know, I don't know that, but I would think they would teach the uh, the doctrines of the Bible and you know, not uh, water it down. So so there's good people everywhere, there's good people that come from yeah. everywhere. Um with Jesus they said, you know, is anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> well, they were used to nothing good happening there. So anyway, 
320, the next morning, about the time for offering the sacrifice, there it was, water flowing from the direction of Edom, and the land was filled with water. It doesn't say it rained. It just says that water starts flowing down. They've dug all these trenches, and, and you know, they had to do something actively to see this happen. It wasn't like, okay, you know, it's going to rain tonight, and your crops are going to be good, and you're going to have enough water to drink and enough water for your cattle. I mean, can you imagine? I, I like to picture, and, you know, Hollywood w- could do a good job of recreating so many of these things. Yeah. And back when the uh, Noah movie came out, I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. watched that. Yep. But I was so looking forward to that, you know, because I thought, <laughs> man, Hollywood's going to be able to really reproduce that. The, flood. That had the rock monsters yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I mean, it just, I, I thought, I was so disappointed. Yeah, that the, was a bad one. Yeah, because of what they could have done. And, <laughs> I mean, I get it that with movies you take some liberty, mm-hmm. but not just crazy <laughs> stuff. You know. Yeah, that I, I remember we almost rented a theater to show that for church, and I, I know. saw it ahead of time. I was like, whoa, this is yeah. a good call on that one. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But, uh, but anyway, I, um, I'd like to see these things happen. You know, they're standing here like, Okay, you know, we we dug the trenches. And how many people would dig the trenches? That's the other. You know, how many people in the in the church will take that step and then stand back and look at those trenches and be like, Okay, I don't see anything, you know. I mean, did they expect it was gonna happen as soon as they took the last shovel full of dirt out? I mean, I don't know what these people were thinking, but I, I've yeah. just maybe that's part of heaven. Maybe we're gonna get to Watch a big movie. Yeah. It's going to show how it all actually, you know, played out. Now showing Dr. R.B. Maynard, yes. the life of Dr. R.B. Maynard. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, not, they can't, got canceled yeah. for lack of uh, viewership. But um, we're just going to stream that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. I'll be waiting for that. I know the audience out there is, that's, that's going to make them want to die now because that'll be a, anyway, we better move on. Yeah. 321, now all the Moabites had heard that the king uh, had come to fight against them, so every man, young and old, who could bear arms was called up and stationed on the border. Um, This is not, it's not every man, child, and every person, but everyone uh, trained to use a sword. In other words, these are soldiers. Verse 22, 23, uh, when they got up early in the morning, the sun was shining on the water, so the Moabites across the way... Uh, the water looked like looked red like blood. That's blood, they said. Those kings must have fought and slaughtered each other. Now to the now to plunder Moab. I mean, this is again by God's providence. You know, I've seen reflections off of water before, but I've never seen it where I thought it looked like blood. No, in a reflection. You know, it's pure blue or it's clear or dirt yeah or like dirty i mean i've seen dirty right river water green and aka spring water spring river yeah oklahoma right right but i've never (laughs) seen anything red like blood yeah right yeah so this is again god's causing an illusion or uh whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. but um and and you know the the question why would you think the king said fought against each other and killed each other and this was all the blood in the water and you can see this from a distance and 
I mean, it really doesn't even make sense uh, what they think. But, you know, so many times God, we say God doesn't use mind control, but he does cause things to cause confusion in, mm-hmm. in sol- with soldiers, and he causes them to hear things that aren't there. He causes them to see things yeah. that aren't there. So uh, it's not that God takes our minds and manipulates us and makes us serve him. But he can, in extreme circumstances, cause things to happen for our protection, you know, for our guidance, whatever, yeah. whatever it may be. You know, we say, well, I'm blaming that on, on God. But, uh, you know, why would they have killed each other? It's, it doesn't make any sense. And so I think God caused a, a confusion. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe, they were, maybe they were a bunch of these kings and they got into a big fight with each other. You know, not like preachers or church people would ever fight against each other, mm-hmm. you know, over any disagreements. But, <laughs> um, you know, and maybe it's, you know, they might have thought, well, they're thirsty and their minds aren't right, and so they've killed each other. I mean, it just doesn't make sense, actually. But, uh, and again, we're not going to go back and read it, but in Second uh, Chronicles twenty twenty three, it does talk about uh, a past experience where the kings just, I mean, they it doesn't even tell us why. It just says... They fought and killed each other, hmm. and and so again, it's it's God causing confusion or whatever it may be uh, that causes some of those things to happen. But and then you know part of it, God does things sometimes because He wants people to know that He's involved, that this wasn't man, this wasn't just something that made sense. In other words, I mean sometimes God did things. <clears throat> excuse me, or Jesus did things, and he said, don't tell anybody, or he went into a room and, you know, healed somebody. I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't a public display, but there were times when when God, especially through the Old Testament, I mean, he showed himself. He wanted people to know who he was and that he was a, I hate to say, a God of vengeance, but there is an angry God. I mean, we... We talk about the love of God and God's grace and God's mercy yeah. and all of those things, but we forget that God is not happy with a people that, you know, choose not to serve him. Now, I don't believe we have a God who every day, you know, he's, I always think of the, you know, the book of life where our name's written. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's an eraser. Yeah. You know, that, <laughs> okay, you're in there. Oh, you messed up. Got to. Got to take your name out. Oh, Matt, you you did good today. I'm going to put your name back in. Yeah, but we we act like God is that God of anger. That's just every time we do something wrong, mm-hmm. we're going to heaven. Then we're going to hell. Then we're going to heaven. Then we're going to hell. And unfortunately, I was kind of raised with a little bit of that mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I always, I really in my young years just totally served God out of fear. I mean it. Yeah, I didn't, you know, as a young person, I really didn't have <laughs> a, what I would call a relationship with the Lord. I just served God. I mean, I still like to come to church and it wasn't like I was forced into it, but I really didn't have much, um, relationship. I was raised in fear. Hmm. Do this or yeah, if, if you do that, you're going right to hell. <laughs> you know, there's no, uh, questioning on it. So so anyway, I mean, I you know, I think God maybe just needed to show himself and show not only to the enemy but to the people he's fighting for 
to show them that that he's still in control. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, you know, bringing it into today's world, I think the Lord, at some point, he's going to show us some things. I think we're going to see some things and that nobody's going to be able to deny. And, and again, maybe they will because in today's world, you can cause an illusion. You know, we have magicians and, mm-hmm. and we have Hollywood that can make things look a certain way. I don't know if God parted the Red Sea today if anyone would believe it other than the people that were right there. Yeah. Because they, well, that was just, that was a camera trick, you know, didn't really happen like that. So, uh, verse 24, but when the Moabites came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and fought them until they fled and the Israelites invaded the land and slaughtered the Moabites. So, uh, you know, even, uh, the Israelites had a plan of how to defeat the Moabites, so they're just basically waiting there for the right time and the right commandment to go attack, and the enemy just shows up, you know, out of nowhere. It's like, you guys aren't even going to have to go out and fight. They're just going to come to you, and there's even a thought that they dropped, they left their weapons because they thought the Israelites are all dead, Mm-hmm. So we're going to be able to plunder the camp and take, you know, their weapons and you know, their food or whatever they might have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was an idea, probably an idea there, and they dropped their own weapons to come there because they thought they were already dead. Yeah. And then they rise up and and start, I mean, killing all of them. But God had, I mean, they had a plan. The Israelites had a plan to attack Moab, but God had a different plan. I mean, they just... Um, God responded. They had a plan. God responded with a better plan. And and that's where I'm always, you know, when I pray about things, there have been times, and, I, and I've done this quite frequently, uh, especially when the pandemic first started, Stella and I would just get out and just drive around. You know, and we'd say, you know, I'd say I built that house or this and that happened there. And, you know, there was a car wreck here one time or different things like that. Well, one of the things that I've said several times, and she's heard me repeat, I've driven by places, and I said, I tried to buy that place, mm-hmm. and I am so glad <laughs> that I didn't get it. But what happened in the, in all of those situations, I have never in, I mean, I worked as a paramedic, so yes, I always had that job. But once I got out of that and began to just build houses, I've never been without a job. I've never advertised. I don't have my name on the side of my truck. I you don't have, have a website. I don't have a website. I don't have a business. People ask me for a business. You're not card. on the gram. Yep. I don't have <laughs> I don't do any of that. But the Lord has always provided. So what I can say is I am so glad that God didn't give me that property mm-hmm. because now I know things I didn't know then, in other words. Yeah. And I'm so glad he didn't give it to me, but he always gave me something else. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, well, Lord, you know, you didn't give me that property. And then I sat around for six months with nothing to do. It was something else or something better came along, something mm-hmm. more profitable or whatever you want to call it uh, came along. And so so with God's plans, I mean, he can always stop a plan and we might be disappointed, but he brings us something else, yeah. you know. So, um but anyway, the Moabites, I mean, obviously they were surprised. I mean, 
they thought these guys were all dead, and now they show up there, and uh, these guys just jump up, attack them, and run them off. So it says, verse 25, they destroyed the towns, and each man threw a stone on every good field until it was covered. They stopped up all the springs and cut down every good tree. Only Kir Hariseth was left uh, with its stones in place, but men armed with slings surrounded it and attacked it as well. So this is um, this is a complete destruction, and it's it's not like Canaan. We know the story of Canaan, that those guys did not do what God told them to do. They didn't drive out everyone, and mm-hmm. he warned them. You know, he said, if you don't drive them out, you will be uh, tempted to become like them, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I mean, those people were... I'm not going to say they were uh, faultless when they uh, left Egypt, but they were a pretty good group of people. Yeah, I mean God was rescuing them, and but they came in and it didn't take long because they didn't destroy all the Canaanites. It didn't take long till uh, they started doing what the Canaanites were doing. And yeah. So, so this is unlike that because they completely destroy um, everything, and it says. Um, the men picked up stones from the field. The soldiers uh, picked them up and threw them back. These are, I don't know, I know you've been to Mexico, but I remember one thing about Mexico <laughs> was when we went, uh, most of the time I was in Matamoros, which is right on the border. But one trip I made actually was the same place you were in uh, Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I noticed out there was a lot of fields had stone fences. And they weren't, like, laid with mortar. They were just stacked. I mean, there were so many rocks in those fields that they had picked up the rocks and actually made fences right. out of those rocks. <laughs> and and so in, in this case, I, I could just imagine how much time was spent picking up rocks yeah. to, wow. to clear their fields, to, <laughs> uh, to have crops or be right. able to have their cattle or whatever the, whatever the case was. And now these soldiers, I mean, doesn't I, I mean, it just seems, <laughs> it seems so odd to me. Okay, guys, I want you to go pick up rocks and throw them yeah. out. That sounds like a uh, childish prank. Like yeah. some farmer has been out there picking up rocks all day, and the neighborhood kids show up and start throwing all the rocks back, and the farmer comes out the next day, and there's all the rocks back in his yard. You know, I've got one of my uh, renters, and again, I, I'm not – uh, totally sure about his honesty because I think he's a little bit uh, delusional. But he has had several tires slashed in his front yard. He parks right in his front yard next to his front door. Mm-hmm. But neighborhood kids or somebody have slashed his tires. And he'll get them fixed and they'll slash them again. You know, just <laughs> meanness. I mean. Sounds like a nice neighborhood. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I don't know. Again, I don't know if that happens or like yeah. he's a little bit <laughs> delusional too. But but I can't imagine that scenario. You know, your captain, sergeant or whatever. Okay, guys, start picking up rocks and throwing them out in the fields. So it's a matter of totally destroying. In other words, if they come back to these fields, if there's Moabites left and they come back, we've yes, we've destroyed, but we've made it extremely difficult for them to try to rebuild the city that they're in you know it would uh, again i try to think of how that compares because i'm not again i'm not a farmer never never been that but um i think about 
you know, knocking if if there and there was, I guess, in the past. I don't know that much about it historically, but there was a battle of Carthage. Yeah. Well, it'd be like today if we had a battle and they knocked down our courthouse, and you know, just as a not because they really needed to, but just because the city of Carthage is so proud of their courthouse, and somebody came along and just knocked it down just to mm-hmm. be just to be mean, just because they could. And so so that's what these guys are. And, and these are all at the command of the Lord. I mean, this is not just uh, their mean way of doing things. This is what the Lord said mm-hmm. to do. And it talks about that. It says, except for uh, Kir Hareseth, that which was the capital of Moab. And they said, basically they said there that the stones were more decorative, large stones that you couldn't like just pick up and throw back in somebody's field. So it's not that they were being favored as much as it was. It was just almost an impossibility. And and the uh, in the Hebrew, it talks about, in the translation of some of this wording, it talks about, uh, you remember the old catapults mm-hmm. that they used to have? Yeah. That that was part of this. It wasn't a matter of just soldiers out there, but that they were actually setting up catapults and launching wow. these rocks back into, and I'm sure with a catapult, you could throw a larger rock. Mm-hmm. back in somebody's field that they wouldn't <laughs> be able to just uh, pick up and get out of there too. So so anyway, it's just all this, um, I mean, that's, I don't know what it would be like in today's world, you know, in these situations, uh, but in that time, that was the way you fought. That was the way you uh, destroyed a city, in other words, was to destroy mm-hmm. uh, the crops. That's all they had. So uh, 26, when the king of Moab saw that the battle had gone against him, he took with him 700 swordsmen to break through to the king of Edom, but they failed. So, um, you know, again, he went, these were more than one king that was, when they talk about the Israelites, there was more than one king there that was involved in this fighting. So uh, they believe that Edom was the weakest of the three kings. So it's like, well, if we fight against him, we can win because he's he's weak. But It says in verse uh, 27, Then he took his firstborn son, who was to succeed him as king, and offered him as a sacrifice on the city wall. The fury against Israel was great. They withdrew and returned to their own land. So this is um, uh, Moab was known for idol worship. Mm -hmm. The Moabites, again, were, I mean, not every Moabite was evil, but they were known for uh, being an evil place kind of like Ahab being known to be the evil king. But I just, these things just dumbfound me how how people can sacrifice. I mean, I know we talk about abortion and that it's kind of like this because you're sacrificing children and, you know, there's right. the argument that children don't, uh, they don't feel anything in the womb, yeah. which I don't think any The argument, they're not, they're not really a baby yet. Right. Yeah, right. they're just a fetus or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not a person, you know. <laughs> they're lovely terminology that they use. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, uh, you know, this is, to me, this is a little bit like the same thing other than it is a child that has already been born. But this is the child that was going to succeed him as king, but he is so uh, adamant that it will work to to win the battle or keep the kingship or whatever he's got in mind that he takes his own child, not in, and, and not even in secret. You know, you can see some of these things where they would 
you know, we would hear this story, but it was like, hey, he took him out to the, the barn mm-hmm. and sacrificed his child, or even Abraham and Isaac, you know, uh, or Isaac and Jacob, you know, those stories of sacrifice. Uh, that was even done privately, really. I mean, go to the mountain and, you know, build an altar and place your son on the altar, those kind of things. But, mm-hmm. um, but this is, I mean, child sacrifice and and the King James says to offer him as a burnt offering. Now, I that is beyond me how I mean, I love the Lord <laughs> and I love the church mm-hmm. and I I'm planning on going to heaven and I mean, my life really if people say one time somebody said what's your what do you have for a hobby? And I Stop and thought. I thought <laughs> I don't have a hobby, but church is yeah. kind of like that because yep. I do that for enjoyment. You know, again, it's not because like when I was younger that I was doing it out of fear. I've said it before. I love to come to church, mm-hmm. and uh, um, so I I can't imagine as much as I love the Lord. I can't imagine taking my child and this is not about loving the lord even but i can't imagine whatever the cause is Mm -hmm. taking my child and burning them yeah i mean you know we sometimes struggle with i know your daughters are getting ready to go to college and and i know you said zoe's not going away yet and it's like yeah that's kind of a a good feeling for you. You're not losing your daughter. Yet. Well, I don't know. I think you, I think you really wanted them out of the I house. I did. Yeah. Rachel didn't, yeah. but I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just when you thought you had some freedom and, yeah. you know, but you know, there's a sacrifice. I, I can't imagine even, um, I mean, my boys live 10 hours away, so I can go on a weekend trip or, you know, something and see them. But I can't imagine the, the feeling of turning your child loose to go to, Africa or mm-hmm. someplace where yeah. you may honestly you may never see them again, and um, I, I can't imagine that kind of sacrifice. I surely can't imagine a sacrifice where you would kill your child for whatever the cause was, the cause of Christ, even which is mm-hmm. the biggest thing in Correct. our life. Yeah. <laughs> and I I can't imagine God saying, "I want you to kill your child." And I's okay, God. You know, I think I would. I'd just be like, no, 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 no. You mm-hmm. know, I'll do anything but that, you know. And so, uh, you know, maybe he thought he was sacrificing to Israel's God because they believed in blood sacrifice and those kind of things. So it's, we always say that the devil doesn't do anything original. That's why we have the Antichrist that's going to be mm-hmm. here. And, and what he does is mimic yeah. what God does. He doesn't come up with a new plan. It's, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to, people are going to be resurrected from the dead or people are going to be healed, you know, while he's the antichrist and, and things like that. But, um, and, and maybe the, the whole thing of hearing from about Abraham and Isaac, Jeremiah seven thirty one says, they have built the high places of Topheth in the Valley of Ben-Hinnon to burn their sons and daughters in the fire. Something I did not command, nor did it enter my mind. This is the Lord speaking, uh, I didn't tell, you know, they wanted to do this in the name of the Lord, but the Lord's saying, I did not say to do this. Mm -hmm. This is not what I had in mind. Don't 
try to put this on me and make it something spiritual because this is not God. And people have done it ever since. I, you know, I thought of uh, yesterday I was looking at, at just some things. I don't know what came up that made me think of it, but I was looking up David Koresh and Jim Jones and those yeah. guys who who had those cults, but they did it in the name of the Lord. It wasn't like, uh, we're going to worship the devil, and we want you all to, uh, you know, to do all these anti-God things. He was the prophet who, and, and, and I read one thing, and I don't know that this is a fact, but it said that, um, that David Koresh had memorized the entire Bible. Hmm. Now, I don't know if that's a fact. That was probably Wikipedia, you know. Yeah. But, but anyway, I think those guys are very knowledgeable in the Scripture, and you have to be to be able to lead people astray in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happened with uh, so many of these cases. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's sacrificing thinking that, hey, animal sacrifice works for the Christians, you know, for the Jews. So, mm-hmm. man, wouldn't God be more happy if I... I mean, wouldn't it take a greater sacrifice to sacrifice my child? Yeah. You know? Wow. I mean, I, I just can't imagine what what they thought. And the, this Valley of Hinnon is the garbage dump. So uh, when it talks about um, the Valley of Hinnon, uh, it's the garbage dump. It's translated hell. That's where they burnt everything. Uh, so burning children in the garbage dump, too. I mean, mm. it's, just, it's just craziness. But anyway, we'll wrap it up there today. So. All righty, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. We are in Second Kings. What was that? Chapter? Chapter 3. Chapter 3. So that means we will start afresh in a new chapter, Second Kings chapter 4. Hope you're enjoying it. Hope you are staying in the Word. This is the time. This is the hour. This is the day, man. We need to be in the Word like never before. Thank you, Dr. R.B. Maynard, and thank you for listening. Like, share, subscribe. Grace Point Daily Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time.